0: Can you open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 3? Remain standing for just a few moments. Acts chapter 3. And as you're turning your Bibles there to the New Testament, the latter half of the Bible, I want to share with you here this morning, I believe, something that's kind of going along with what we've been talking about, going fishing, but in a little different direction or a little different perspective, I should say. And a message I shared actually... Last year, and I spoke it once, but it's always been upon my heart, and always hearing uh, my father's voice when he talks about a divine appointment. A divine appointment. Never underestimate the power of a divine appointment. The divine appointment. And I believe that each and every one of us have a divine appointment. When you got saved, that was a divine appointment. But I want you to understand something once you got saved, the appointments didn't stop. A lot of times we think it stopped. I got saved. Go to heaven. Okay, but don't forget, you got a battle for the victory. It's there, but you got to keep going. And the divine appointment, and every time there's a divine appointment, some of them are ugly, and some of them are made beautiful in its time. Acts chapter 3, verse 12, if you have it, say, "Mm mm-hmm. There you go. I like that right there. Put some, some soul and some salsa in that one right there. Acts chapter 3, verse 12, just a few words. It says, when Peter saw this, he said to them. When Peter saw this, he said to them. When Peter saw this, he said to them. Father, remove me. Place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Let he that has an ear, let him hear. Let the appointment of those that are here, Father, let them fulfill the call. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name. We all said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them the divine door. Then you may be seated. I say that because I want each and every one of us to understand that here in this very moment, there is a divine power that is here. If you can't see it, if you can't sense it, and something's missing. Something's going wrong here. Because there is a divine power. Somebody say divine power. Now I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to just jump right into it. Can we do that right now? That's how I learned to go swimming. Somebody picked me up and just threw me in the pool. Anybody else that happened to? They just picked me up and threw me in the pool. I'm gonna just, We're going to get into the deep end right now. Forget the shallow. I say that because a lot of times we live in a society well, we're missing the divine because we want the natural. We're looking too much of the natural, and I say that. As a matter of fact, I was driving up here. I was talking to, with a few of the pastors. We were coming back from San Jose. We went over there and had church this morning. Then we're having church again. And so, when we were talking, and as we began to talk, the conversation went to a point, and we started talking about Facebook. And as we started talking about facebook we had to embrace the reality that facebook is engaged and intertwined in our society of today matter of fact even some of you right now you are so hesitant you're looking at me but your heart is on your phone so what do we do let's combine the two facebook live right it's in our society. And I say that because, listen, this is very important. I have, no, I have no, nothing harm against Facebook or social media whatsoever. It's the abuse that it takes. Not the abuse that we do to it, but the abuse that it does to us. And if you're not careful, it can overtake Your life. You will miss the divine. You will miss the supernatural for the natural. See, there is a divine power that is in this room, but if you're not careful, you'll think that the only power is in your hand, and you'll miss it because you're saying, well, as long as this is powered up, then I'm powered up. No, my friend. As long as you get the power from this, then that's where you'll get the power up. Listen, if you're getting your devotions from Facebook, you're reading the wrong book. You know what Facebook is? Facebook is a fortune cookie. Right? That's what it is. It's a fortune cookie where you just get, ooh, that's a good quote. All right. If you're going to live off that quote, then, my friend, you're living off the wrong words. You should be living off the living word. See, my friend, a lot of people think, and and they miss it, this book is alive. It's got living power. Uh, Are you understanding me here this morning? I think some of you might be missing it because you think, well, as long as I read it, okay, I'm reading it. Ooh, that's good. It makes sense. But the moment you close it, you close the power. That's not how it works. The Bible says the word of God is inside of you, and it is alive. Somebody say alive. See, don't miss the divine opportunity for a moment of earthly satisfaction. See, so many people are too busy trying to capture the moment that they miss the moment trying to capture. Oh, look at what's going on. You know what was sad? It's not in my nose, but my, me and my wife, we talk every night, and every time she'll tell me about what's going on in the news. And one of the news that she was reading, she said that there was a group of young men that were filming a guy drowning. Did anybody else see that? They were filming a guy drowning. And there, as they were filming him drowning, you would have thought that one of the kids would have jumped in to save him. They didn't jump in. He drowned and he died. While wow, they were filming that's crazy, huh? Now, we look at that and we go, man, that's sad. You know what's sad also is that many of us, we miss the divine opportunity of people who are spiritually drowning every day out in this world. And we're so busy trying to capture, ooh, I got to get it, I got to get it, I got to get it. I, I, I shared a post the other day. I said nobody's ever looked at their phone and said, hey, let's look at the fireworks I, I videotaped last year. Nobody really, you can film all the 4th of July fireworks. It really is not that big of a deal. You're missing the real fire. Trying to get the fireworks in the air when the fire should be in your heart. See, this is very important. The divine opportunity that comes your way, and many times you could miss it. Tell your neighbor, don't miss it. Come on, tell the other person, don't miss it. See, my friend, I want you to understand, we would not be here had it not been for the men and women that got and caught the divine opportunity and the divine appointment. See, it is divine. Excuse me, It only happens in a moment, but it changes moments for everyone in our pathway. One divine moment can change history. In Chicago in 1932, an African-American composer named Thomas A. Dorsey, who had been a nightclub jazz pianist, wrote a song inspired by his wife's death while giving childbirth. The song is, Take My Hand, Precious Lord. Unexpectedly became the foundation for modern African-American gospel music tradition. That tiny inauspicious moment in 1932 created a subtle yet profound change in American life ultimately producing musical anthems of powerful personal, moral, and even political transformation in that one moment in his wife's death. Albert Einstein redefined physics. But look at this. As a little boy, he only started to learn how to talk by the age of four. Finally, by the age of nine, he talked fluently. One night during dinner, he said, The soup is too hot. The parents, in amazement that he spoke, asked him why he didn't talk sooner. He said, because up to now, everything was in order. His equation of E equals MC squared, amongst other things, made space travel possible, nuclear energy possible, and even explained how sunlight can be converted to energy. And it all changed within a moment. Another person, by refusing to give up her seat to a white man on a Montgomery, Alabama city bus in 1955, black seamstress Rosa Parks helped initiate the civil rights movement in the United States just by sitting down. One divine moment can change history. One moment can change it all. If it wasn't for Nikki Cruz going after Pastor Sonny, I don't know if many of us would be here. One moment can change history. Somebody say change. See, you and I must understand that a divine moment doesn't just change the moment. It changes everything thereafter. So that's why it's very important that you and I must have a divine perspective of what God wants to do. Somebody say change. Somebody said it's strange that while praying we always ask for a change in circumstance, but we seldom ask for a change of character. See, my friend, what God is trying to do with inside of us each and every day while we're coming to church every Sunday. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm a totally different man than I was many years ago. Why? Because every time I come into an encounter with God, He changes me. He changes my heart. He changes my mind. He changes my perspective. That's why I come to church. I don't come to church to wear a tie. I don't come to church to show off. I come to church because I need an encounter with God each and every Sunday, each and every day. I want God to change my perspective because i don't want to miss the divine appointments i don't want to miss the divine now how do you know when it's time to change you know when it's time to change is that you must be able to recognize the seasons recognize the seasons see the reason why i change when i'm on the inside is because i can see what's going on on the outside See, I put on a jacket and I take an umbrella because I can see what's going on on the outside. It's raining on the outside. I must change. It's hot on the outside. I'm going to put on some shorts. I can see the season of what God wants to do. We're going to Africa. I'm going to buy my ticket right now. See, Do you understand what I'm talking about? See, we just had a group of people come back from Cape Town, South Africa. How many went to South Africa with this? Now, didn't that change your perspective? changed the whole thing like wow I never seen it like that. You know what was funny is that many people on their way there they didn't see it. They're like, well, it's not a big deal. I can, if I can go, I can go. Really, we'll, we'll just kind of see. Every single one of those people that went there when they came back they went, "Oh my gosh. I want to go back." Why? Because they didn't miss the divine appointment. It changed history forever. See, that's why it's very important what up it's up to you and I to understand the divine appointment. Matter of fact, there was a group of people on the plane on their way to Cape Town, South Africa. I was on the first team. But the second team tells me that something had happened and gone crazy while they were on the plane. Now, you've got to imagine this. They're on the plane over the Atlantic. It takes, you know, I think about 11 hours to, even longer than that, 14 hours to get from here to Europe. So on the way over there, they're on the plane. There's a group of, you know, are on fire, radical Christians, victory outreach, they're there. It's about a good maybe 15 of them, and they're all there on the plane. And you're imagine, you know, imagine them, they're all on the plane over the Atlantic. And while they're on the Atlantic, all of a sudden they hear from the front of the plane, oh, my gosh, somebody just died. A woman died on the plane. True story. I'm not, some of you think I'm making it up. I'm not making this up. A woman died on the plane. And as they were on the plane, guess what happened? Rather than everybody, hey, call a doctor. What do we do? Is there a doctor on the plane? What do we do? You you know, you're over the Atlantic. You can't exactly pull over. Is there a hospital here? No, you're there. You got to keep going. So what did our people do? Our people, they didn't have to pray about it. They were already prayed up. So they went over to the lady. I guess her and her husband, this is how they tell me the story, her and her husband, they were there. They were an older couple. And the husband was there, didn't know what to do. What can you do? She's not breathing. I guess she had been passed on. She had been gone for a little while. So a few of our people, one got on this side, one got on the other side, another grabbed right by her knee side. She's on the plane, dead. And they began to touch her. And they began to pray for her. And at that very moment, she had already been dead. At that very moment, life came back into her. They didn't miss the divine moment. seen it right there, and because of that, a woman is now alive today, because men and women understood the power of that moment, they didn't wait for it, listen to me it's victory hour, you gotta catch this as a Christian, as a Christian, you gotta catch this, because you are coming, going to come into an encounter with a a moment, a divine moment, and you cannot call the pastor, and all of a sudden the pastor, he's not gonna be available Uh, where's Pastor Toby, how come he's not answering hey, I'm trying to call Pastor Greg, Pastor Stephon, I'm trying to text him. I come, how come I can't do it? No, my friend, what you have to be able to do is I need to have that encounter with God. And if he is alive inside of me, I'm ready for the moments. Tell your neighbor, don't miss the moments. See, the Bible says to everything, there is a season. See, you must recognize the season. The season is an opportune time. It's the timing of it. That's what seasons are all about. It's the timing of it. Whenever it gets real cold, it's the timing for jackets, right? Okay, time to get into our closet. I need the jacket. Right now we are in a season. It is time to go fishing. It's time to go fishing. See, I know some of you right now say, man, but I'm really going through it. But we heard a testimony right now from Sister Georgina. She's going through it. But all of a sudden, see, she caught what I was talking about with the nets. If you take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business. You take care of God's kingdom. He'll take care of your business. I'm telling you, it works. It's a principle of God. In giving, you get. I know it doesn't make sense. Wait, if I want to be first, I got to be last? Yes, you do. If I want to be the greatest, I got to learn to be the least? Yes, you do. Wait a second. This doesn't make sense. So if I give everything away, I'm going to get back? Yes, that's how it works. You got to recognize the season. So right now, we're in a season of fishing. Somebody say fishing. So it's very important that you got to get on the boat. Get on the boat. We're ready to catch some fish. Are you ready to catch some fish, Victory Outreach? Are you ready to catch some fish, Victory Outreach? See, there's a season of sowing, of growing, of harvesting. See, the season may be here, but unless we embrace it and take advantage of it, the season will eventually pass us up and we miss our opportunity. See, opportunity is a chance to do something more with our lives than what we presently have. See, right here in Acts chapter 3, when Peter started speaking to the people, he recognized the divine timing of the moment. When Peter saw this, he said to them. Now, the full context of the story here is that there was a lame man who was begging at the gate called Beautiful. So when this man got healed, the Bible says that everyone ran into ran to them in amazement. Right then was the opportune time to preach the gospel right then was the moment of change right then was the divine door of opportunity it doesn't always come along but when it did Peter and John didn't want to miss it they didn't want to miss the opportunity some years ago there was a movie that came out I can't remember the title of the movie but it had to do with a heaven and hell and I believe Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it. That's all I remember. And it had a lot of demons in it. I mean, a lot of demons. The whole thing was actually about demons. Can't remember the exact name, but I'll tell you this. I was watching it there at Century 25. There was a packed house. I must have been about 600 people. And I was sitting on the very, very top. I was the youth pastor at the time, and I had a bunch of youth with me. I don't know if I should have took them to that movie after that. But at the same time, I said, no, they need to know heaven and hell, how it works. But... You could feel You ever watch a movie and you can kind of feel the presence? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. At the end of the movie, the way it ended, it, it just ended with like a black screen. It just, boom, it went dark. And you could feel it in that whole place. The whole place, everybody was just quiet. And I'll never forget, I stood They couldn't see me, but I stood up. And I was in the back. And I go, Everybody, go to church. Jesus loves you. Amen. Right there at that moment. And some people were laughing just like you did, like, oh, my gosh. Other people were like, oh, my God, I need to go to church. I had a guy come up to me. He walked up. He was at the bottom. He walked all the way up. He goes, hey, was that you? I go, yeah. He goes, man, this movie just scared the hell out of me. I go, good, now I'm trying to get the heaven into you. See, the divine moment, the divine moment. Don't miss the opportunity. Now, it was a small opportunity, but, man, I took, i seen it right then and there. See, some of you, you have those moments every day of your life. They're just little. They're very. They're very subtle. They're very small. But don't miss it. See, Peter, he saw that when this guy got healed, everybody was amazed. So when everybody was for him, it was just another miracle. Like, hey, all right, he got healed. Amen. Praise the Lord. But oh my gosh, look at all these people. What do I do? I know. Let me stand up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ right there at that moment. Peter changed history. Don't you want to be a history maker? Changing people's history. That's something powerful. A divine power that you know doesn't come from you and I. It only comes from God. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 16. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about right here. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 7. It says, For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great, somebody say great, somebody say effective. He said, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The divine opportunity comes as a door. Somebody say door. Now, this is very important. I, I want to share this with you because I don't want you to miss the divine door that God has for you. The divine door that God is putting there in front of you. Now, it's very important because there's a lot of doors that are in your life. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, right? See, there's a lot of doors in your life. Many of you, you open the door of salvation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're on our way to heaven, Shout in victory. Paul said this opportunity is a door. Now, this is very important. The blessing is not the door itself. The blessing is where the door leads. The blessing is not the door itself. The blessing is where the door leads. Most people get excited over the door, but the blessing is where the door leads. Think of it like this. If I came to your house and I knocked on the door and I said, hey, how you doing? It's best hey, how you doing? And we just started talking right there at the door, right? You know, right there in the doorway. Hey, how you doing? Oh, great. And all of a sudden, hey, babe, why don't you bring the food over here? We're going to have dinner right here at the door. That would seem a little weird, wouldn't it? Like, why? why I, I didn't come to knock on the door. I came to go inside, to go in beyond what's behind the door. See, a lot of people get, I got Jesus. Amen. All right. Amen. I got Jesus. Okay, but where Jesus takes you is the blessing. Don't miss it. See, a lot of people get stuck at the, at the door. They just get stuck right there amen praise the lord thank you jesus all right i got it now but don't get stuck at the door you can miss the divine appointment john chapter 10 verse 9 says i am the door if anyone enters by me will be saved see jesus was saying that if he comes into your life he leads to blessing and opportunity but you have to be able to walk through the door see my friend do not get stuck at the door See, salvation is great, but salvation has a plan. See, heaven is more than a place, my friend. Heaven is a plan. A lot of people think, okay, uh, as long as I got Jesus, I'm going to heaven. Yes, my friend, that is a big part, a major part of it. But a bigger part of the plan is to bring heaven to earth. And the way to do that is to go through the door. It's a divine order. Opportunity. Look, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to heaven alone. Wouldn't that be kind of selfish? That'd be very selfish. Now, think of it right now. Some of you are thinking, man, that's very selfish. A lot of you, whenever you watch those TV shows and you look at those millionaires, don't, don't lie. Don't look at me and lie. You look at those TV shows and go, man, if I only had a little bit of their money. Just God, just give me a tithe. I'll take a tithe of a tithe of a tithe. I'll take a tenth of a tithe of a tithe, of a, just a tithe, a tithe, just a little bit. You know, Bill Gates, he doesn't need all that money. Well, in the same way you look at Bill Gates' money is the same way that many people are looking your, at your salvation. What, well, you got all that heaven, and you don't want to give me any? Heaven is more than a place, it's a plan. Don't miss the divine door. I heard a preacher once say, he said, saying you just want to make it to heaven is like saying I only got with this chick because the other one was ugly. <laughs> I think it was Shane that said that, right? That's hilarious when he said that's, that's actually true. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason why. Man, that's messed up. That's cool. We got to be on our way to heaven letting everybody know about it. Matter of fact, Paul says it is a great door. The word great translates to mega. Somebody say Mega. See, wherever there's a mega door, that means there's a mega blessing. Now, this is very important because when he says there's a great door, he's trying to say, look, the door that I'm sharing with you is not a doggy door. Because a doggy door only lets one little animal in. That's it. But the door that I'm speaking of is a great door. In other words, it's a mega door. Think of it like a warehouse. So the moment you open up the warehouse door, okay, everybody, let's go. Hey, come on, guys. Thursday night, we're going to South Garden. Everybody, let's go. Let's all get in on the blessing. See the divine opportunity. You could miss it and go, ah, it's the South Garden. I don't really feel like going over there. It's a little too late over there. I don't even know. I might get shot anyways. Can I be honest with you? You might get shot. Can I be very honest with you? Last year, we got shot at while singing Amazing Grace. That was your fault, Vince. It was your fault. We were singing. Amazing. Sing it again. Amazing. That might happen. That might happen. But you know what I've learned? Is that if you walk through the divine door... God will take care of you divinely. He will take care of you. And not only you, the Bible says that he will take care of you and your children and your children's children. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. The righteous give freely. Freely, it's just free. Freely I have received, freely I give. That also goes with salvation. Listen to me. You have people at your job that need the salvation of Jesus Christ. But it's up to you to open up the door and say, my friend, let me pray for you. My friend, let me give you a little bit of heaven right now. I know you're going through hell. I know not everything is great in your bank account. I know not everything is great in your marriage. I know your car is breaking down every now and then. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ has a plan. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. He can give you what you're looking for. Heaven is more than a place. It is a plan. Paul also said an effective door. A door that's not just efficient, but effective. See, when it comes to efficiency, efficiency is about doing things right. But being effective is doing the right things. Efficiency is doing things right, but effectiveness is doing the right things. Things, So you can be doing things right, but are you doing the right things? See, my friend, you could be losing your effectiveness by being in the wrong door. Brother said, man, I keep doing this and I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. I thought I was doing this right. Yeah, but you're in the wrong door. That's not the door that God has for you. You keep knocking on the wrong door. Stop knocking on that door. Listen to me, singles. (coughs) God wants to bless me with the finest rib this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, she may be fine, but you ugly. And you think, well, I keep, how come I keep? Well, because I wouldn't answer that door if you keep knocking either. Why would I do that? See, you and I must, under, and listen to me singles, this is very important, fellas. Fellas, fellas, I just had a conversation just the other day with somebody about this. When Adam was in the garden, before there was a woman, he had a job. He had a job. (laughs) He had a job. Matter of fact, you know what that word translated job is? Responsibility he had responsibility. See, some of you, you may be going to work, but you're not taking responsibility. Taking responsibility. That's yours. Take care of it. That's yours. Take care of it. That's yours. Be a good steward of it. That's yours. See, far too often, well, if I had Bill Gates' money. No, you don't have Bill Gates' money. You got your money. Take care of it. Be a good steward of what God has given you. Be effective. Be effective. Be effective. Somebody say, be effective. See, right now we got to go through the door that God has opened for us. I shared this before about how even the drama that we have when they offered us money. And I shared this with you. They saw shotgun. They liked it. They saw the video. They wanted to offer us a million dollars for it. I looked at the offer. I said, man, it sounds good. But I began to read the paperwork. And then I began to read the main paperwork. And then as I began to read the, the main paperwork, something didn't sit right. It was a door, but it wasn't the divine door. So what happened? Turn that down. Why? Because I'm not looking at a million dollars. I don't need the millions. That's not a big issue. I want to make sure it's the divine door. See, there's a lot of doors out there, but is it the divine door? Because if it's the divine, divine door, it will be a mega door and an effective door. See, what Paul also says is that when it comes to this door, God opens the door, we do not. God opens the door, we do not. Paul says it was done for me. See, God opens it. We just have to be able to go through it when it opens. Now, this is the question I know many have is that how do I know if it's my open door? Listen, my friend, if you have to kick it and bang on it, it's not your door. If you have to kick down that door, give me, give me that. That's mine. Give me the, I want to do Let me have that. I had a conversation with somebody uh, about six months ago, and he was sharing with me. He said, man, I miss your dad. Oh, yeah, we started talking. He goes, yeah, man, he, go, he gave me so much great advice. And it was this. And, he, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his whole tone just changed. He's like, yeah, he goes, but I should have listened to him. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know. I go, I don't. He said, man, he told me, man. He warned me, too. He said, I shouldn't have married her. Now, this is like 20 years later. I "I shouldn't have. He goes, man. And these were the words that he used. He said, man, I just banged down that door. It was my fault. I should have listened. See, if it's a divine door, God will open it for you. You don't have to try to pick the lock. I I got this. I got this. I got this. I got Tom Cruise. Dun, 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 if it's a divine door, God will open it. You won't have to bang on it. You won't try to pick the lock, it'll be open for you. See, when you wake up and there's an opportunity that wasn't there yesterday, but it's there today, you must get ready to walk through that door. See, if you don't know how it happened, you didn't have to push it, but it was open to you and it showed up. My friend, that's your door. A lot of people ask me when they look at me, and I still get this all the time. They say, man, you're the pastor? I go, yeah, I'm the pastor. I get it all the time. But you're so young. Thanks. One day I'm going to be able to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> Get it all the time. But they always look at it, they trip like, you're not supposed to be a pastor. Why, why are you a pastor? Aren't you supposed to be like waiting or something? Or shouldn't there be people older than you? Or but why, why are you a pastor? You want know, to know why I'm a pastor? Oh, here's my short answer. Because it's my door. That's the short answer. It's my door. See, when David went and he was out there in the shepherd's field, there was an anointing party going on and he wasn't invited. And there was his brothers, they were all out there. And the man who was there, he said, isn't there anybody else we got to anoint? Isn't there supposed to be anybody else that's supposed to do it? Oh, no, that's it. Well, there's one, but he's like a little raunchy little, you know, little kid over there, scrawny little, you know, he shouldn't even be here. Okay, well, we're going to wait for him. The Bible says that David showed up. The prophet said, that's the one. Wait, 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 the youngest? That doesn't make any sense. This is what I've learned, is that if it's your door, it doesn't matter. It's God's time. Don't think, listen, well, no, I got to get it now because I may not ever get another opportunity. Don't worry about it. If it's your door, you'll walk through it. Don't rush it. Don't push it. No, I got to make this happen. No, don't worry about it. There were seven other guys ahead of David, and he waited. Matter of fact, he didn't just wait for the moment. He waited moments after. The Bible says that David went, got anointed to become king, and guess what he did? Went back to the shepherd's field. He went right back to his responsibility. He went right back. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to be king. What up? Yeah. Yeah all right, so let me learn these kingly duties. What do I do? Hey, bow down. Hey, what's up? Give me food. Hey, give it, wave it right here. There you go. Oh, okay, I got to learn it. I'm going to be king. I got to learn how to do this. No, he didn't. He said, all right, I'm anointed. Okay, I, I got to go back. There's some sheep that need me. I'll, I'll be back in a couple years. And he went right back. Why? Because if it's your door, no one else can walk through it. It's yours. Don't worry about it. Don't fret over it. Don't take it to account. But I got to do it, and I got to do it now. No, it's your door, and it's God's time. It's your door, and it's God's time. Somebody say, it's your door, and it's God's time. See, it doesn't matter, if you, even if you're at the end of the line. If it's yours, then nobody else can go through your door. And lastly, as he comes to the piano, how you also know that it's a divine door is because the door brings adversaries. Paul says there are many adversaries. See, adversaries are the confirmation that you are at the right door. See, the devil doesn't want us to possess what God has already given us. Now, this is what I've learned. Adversaries come in many forms. They come in many different forms. And listen to me, Victory Outreach Heart. I close with this. One of the biggest adversaries entangling our generation, and when I say the generation, I'm not talking to an age group. I'm talking if you have breath, you're in this generation. One of the biggest adversaries of this generation is distraction. If he can't get you to fall, he'll just get you and lull you to sleep. He'll figure out a way he can't get you out of the church, so he'll just get you to gossip in the church. you got to figure out something. The distractions. The distractions. See, there are many adversaries at the door. Now, I shared it at the beginning about Facebook and all that stuff and, you know, Instagram and those different social media networks that are out there. you got to be very, 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 very careful. Very careful with those things. They're all good if you know how to use them. But if you don't, it's just like any tool. Just because you have a hammer. Sometimes, somebody once said, when you have a hammer in your hand, you think everything is a nail. When you have a phone in your hand, you think everything is a gossip column. Be very careful. It's a tool, but any tool can be abused. And you got to be very careful. Because then all of a sudden, it becomes Rather than just reading Facebook and posting up some good stuff, it becomes, hey, well, did you hear about so-and-so? But you didn't hear it from me. Oh, yeah, did you hear about this? Oh, I didn't tell you nothing. Don't say I told you. It gets you distracted from the door that God is trying to give to you. God has a divine door in front of you. But we're missing the divine for the natural. We're missing the super because of the natural. See, it's very important that you and I understand. Paul was talking here, he says, This door brings many adversaries. See, my friend, this is what I've learned giants are not in the wilderness, giants are in the promised land. Giants are not in the wilderness. If you feel like you're going through the wilderness, keep going. But the moment you get to the promised land, say, man, I thought when I got here, everything was supposed to be great and everything was supposed to be fine and dandy. No, my friend, it's okay. You're in the promised land, but you got to be able to fight for that. Somebody shared the other day, they said, once you become a giant slayer, you yourself become a giant. See, my friend, some of you right now, you got to learn what it is to slay a giant. Some of you. Gotta learn what it is to take the title of a warrior. In other words, don't call yourself a warrior if you're not ready to go to war. Some of you, you gotta fight for that marriage. Some of you, you gotta fight for your children. Oh my kid, he just doesn't listen to me. Well, there's a reason why you gotta fight for that. But God promised me, I know, but you gotta fight for it. But my husband, man, can you just zap my husband and he could just get it already? No, you got to fight for it. But that doesn't make any, no, he's the promised land. Trust me, she's the promised land, but you got to fight for it. You got to fight for it. Just because you get saved, all right, hey, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, but you're still on earth. Don't forget that. Paul says the door, the great and effective door has been opened for me. But at it, in it are many adversaries. This is to me, Victory Outreach Heart. I know some of you have been battling. You've been building and you've been battling. You've been fighting. Saying, man, I'm hurting. I just came back from conference. Some of you guys are revived from conference, and some of you guys are still bruised from conference. Some of you are like, man, that conference was the greatest. Some of you are like, man, that conference, man, that got me right there. Oh, Jesus Lord, take me now. When my wife said, How many love the prayer ministry? Some of you are like, I pray every day, Lord Jesus, Jesus. You're in your car praying, Jesus. You're at your home praying, Jesus. When is this ever gonna end? Until you breathe your last breath. See, some of you, you're in the circumstance so that God can change your character. God, take away the circumstance. No. I'm not going to take away the circumstance. God, take away the adversary. No, I'm not going to take away the adversary. God, take away the enemy. No, I'm not going to take away the enemy. You're going to have to learn how to fight the enemy. Oh, man, but it hurts. Good. The old saying no pain. I believe many of you here, you're gonna start gaining. For many of you, you are in the season. Recognize the season. You are in the season of battling. Now, I want to say something. It's not pretty in that season. It's hard in that season. Matter of fact, in that season, many of you, you didn't even feel like coming to church because it was a battle just to get here. Oh no, I'm gonna kill this guy right now. This woman, Lord, oh, got a battle. These kids, they don't listen to Gotta battle. Gotta battle. Now I also say that because some of you you're even battling physically. And thank God you were able to make it here. For some of you it's very hard for you to even just to get up. Your knees, as they say, aren't like they used to. Your back, not like it used to be. But you're here. But you're battling. You're still fighting. You're still fighting the good fight. You're seeing the divine door. You're seeing what God has for you. You're ready for the blessing, not just for you, but also for your family, for your mom, for your dad, for your aunt, and for your uncle. I know you've been fighting. I know you've been battling. But listen, my friend, at the end of the battle, there is a blessing, a divine blessing for you and everyone around you. It is a divine door for victories, a divine door for you, a divine door for me, a divine door for the city of a A divine door, a divine door, a divine door. Come on, stand with me here this morning. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me if you can. Lift your hands.